Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Powerless Podcast. Um, in this episode, I get to talk to Sierra and Joe, uh, the vocalist and guitarist, respectively, of the band uh, with Sales Ahead from New Jersey, a progressive post-hardcore band. We get into kind of where that label comes from, but it's very accurate, in my opinion, on this. Um, they were great to talk to. I actually got in contact with them because I had talked to Matt Burge from Pulses on the third episode, I think, of this podcast. I should probably check that before I record these things, but whatever. Um and he mentioned them, and I'd seen him kind of share their stuff back and forth on social media. So I checked them out and absolutely love the band. They kick ass. Um, we, we get into their influences. We get into the start of the band over the last several years um, and uh, some of the shows they've done, um, their their writing style, their songwriting. And we also get into a bit of their uh, uh, their direction and some of the content behind their upcoming album that should be out this year. And we get into a little bit of that as well. Um, it was great to talk to them about all these different things. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Another funny part, I guess, wasn't funny to me at the time, but now, now, now it is. Um, my computer decided to uh, just take a shit right, right in the middle of this um, recording. And uh, Joe and Sierra kind of held down the fort and kept the, the recording going on the topics we were talking about for a few minutes while I was getting my stuff together. So there is a bit of this podcast that is just with sales ahead and they did a good job on that. So I kept most of it in here. Um, so again, I hope you guys enjoy it. And, and the, I thought the computer was out, but it's, it's fine. So luckily I, I have no idea what happened during that time, but uh, uh, since then this thing's been working great. So fingers crossed it keeps going. All right. Um, until I can get a new one, but uh, I digress. Um, uh, just uh, make sure to check out with sales ahead at with sales ahead band on social media. Um, their website is with sales uh, We uh, again, I, I just hope you guys really enjoy this episode. If you um, like what you listen to or watch, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, whatever, make sure to like and subscribe all that stuff. Everybody on a podcast asks you to do. Um, also, make sure to follow on social media. All of it's at The Powerless Pod. You can email me at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com. Um, those are all the little plugs here. And, uh, and yeah, I, again, just really hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here are uh, Sierra and Joe from Let's Sales Ahead on The Powerless Podcast. Joe, you go by Joe, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm here. I'm here with with Joe and Sierra from um, with Sales Ahead. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Just uh, like I was saying, just a little bit of a long day, but I'm happy to be doing this a bit today. Um, it's great to talk to you guys. Uh, before we get started, just for anybody that hasn't um, hasn't heard you guys before, if you guys want to introduce yourselves and just say kind of what you uh, what you do in the band, Sierra, if you want to go first. Yeah. Sure. Um, I sing in the band. Uh, was yeah. Wait, did we say the band name already? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did. No worries. No worries. <laughs> my bad. I was like, damn, did I miss a crucial part of the instructions? I'm Sierra. No, no. I sing in the band. <laughs> I'm Joe. I play guitar in the band. All right, and and once again, I'm talking to uh, with sales ahead outside or outside of out, out of uh, New Jersey. Um, it's great to talk to you guys. I actually I found out about your band from another episode of this podcast when I was talking to Matt Burridge from uh, from Pulses. He mentioned you guys a few times that you guys have you know done shows together or kind of like mm-hmm. 
bands that work together, you know, off and on um, when you're doing some shows or some maybe weekenders or tours or whatever. Um, and uh, so I checked it out because, you know, I, I'm a little out of the the present music scene. I used to play in live bands a lot more when I, you know, a few years ago. Um, and that was a lot easier to kind of get into new up and coming or, you know, like newer bands and stuff. So whenever I hear somebody mention something, I like to uh, check them out. And I was really impressed with your guys's music. Um, and uh, Thank you so much. So, yeah, yeah. So it kind of got me doing a little bit of a deep dive. Thought it'd be good to have you guys on. Um, and uh, to kind of start off, I was looking through your website and kind of sleuthing through Spotify and all those things to try to, you know, um, get some background information. And I saw both that the band started in 2014, but then the band members were in it in 2017. Like I saw multiple different things on the, uh, on some different websites and stuff. So, um, you know, you guys can go back and forth on this or kind of say each, each of your side, but, uh, when did the band actually start? Um, and what was kind of the starting point for it and what kind of got you guys together? Um, Joe, should I go first and I'll pass it to Okay, so um, th the starting point was 2013-2014. Uh, I had the idea to start this band. Um, we're named after a lyric in a lower definition song because that was okay. like, a that's a huge post-hardcore band for me. And I was just like, I want to do this. Um, so yeah, I just scrapped together a demo um, with a, the help of a couple friends. And I spent years just handing out cds to shows uh you know posting in facebook groups posting on craigslist anywhere where you could like like connect with musicians i was there i was mm. very present and um it took a long time but like yeah like over the course of several years but i slowly you know found everybody in the band through like different avenues like um jamie was from craigslist santino facebook group um joe and i uh joe was one of the people who found me at like like found my demo at a show like picked oh, it up cool. off the table and that was that's, how we got connected that's sick yeah um, yeah so that was in like 20 late 2015 and so right was that 2015 yeah early 2015 oh okay early yeah, yeah so we um, we were at a show at the Pine Lake Park Log Cabin, which I guess if you're not from Jersey, you don't know where that is. But um, I saw this CD on a table, and I was like, "Oh, it's free. Let me check it out." <laughs> so I went and I popped it into my my car, and I was like, "Wait, this is actually really cool." So I went and I like found the Facebook page, and I saw that they were looking for members, and I was like, "Oh, well, you know, like right now I'm in like a pop punk band, and it's not really going as well as I would like it to. Let me let me hit her up and and see you know about trying out." And it turned out that we liked all the same bands, all the same kind of music, and kind of wanted to do like the same thing. So um, I did I did a tryout at first, right? Yeah, you like you reached out and not only were you like, I'm interested and want to jam, but you also like sent material over. So I was like, this guy's serious. I Sick. like, yeah, like I could tell like your intentions were good. So yeah, we yeah. eventually jammed. What was funny was like, we, um, we actually bumped into each other ahead of our scheduled jam at a dance Gavin dance show. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> like and we were just like, the show was ending and we both happened to be walking out the door of the venue at the same time. And we both turned to look and we were like, oh, whoa. Hey, <laughs> what's up? 
Um, yeah, it was a very awkward, like, hey, what's up? And then we didn't say anything after, and we just kind of left. <laughs> like, see you soon! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's that's how it would be at that time right because you just like mm-hmm. pick up a demo or something it's not like your friends or buddy buddy or anything yet it's like what the, the hell do you say because like at that point you don't know if it's gonna work yet right so like yes. you don't exactly like get all buddy buddy before you try out and have things click and realize it is gonna work so that's yeah that would be that's just really funny that you run into each other before you even do that um so that may, okay so so for the most part at least it's been the same lineup you guys have had since uh since you kind of got started in 2015 2016 around there it seems like right um, yeah or at least you said solidified in like 2017 probably with the members yeah. you have right um yeah, yeah, no, we had, goes, yeah we had a different drummer originally um but when it didn't it didn't work out with that drummer, um, my drummer from the pop punk band that I was in ended up trying out, and that's how in 2017 Ryan joined the band. Okay, so so yeah, so since 2017, for the most part, that's where you kind of got the lineup and really got the ball running, right? Um, exactly, ball, ball running, whatever the turn of phrase is there. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think balls running. <laughs> yeah, 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 balls running, something like that. Um, well, cool. So so yeah, getting going in 2020. You know, for you guys, at least the two of you, 2015, 2016, um, I know you guys had your first EP release, at least what's on Spotify. I know there's probably some other things banging around somewhere that were prior to that, right? There always is. But but um, but uh, it was years in waiting, right? You guys had that first EP. Um, great, great EP. Uh, I've, I listened through your whole discography. Uh, I always do this when I, when I can um, with my work schedule and stuff. You know how it is. But yeah. So- um, but uh, I listen to the whole thing pretty consistently before I do these, just to kind of have it fresh in my mind. And, you know, production waivers as you go on, every band gets better when it comes to production and mixing and who did it and all that as you go. But but like every song is 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 great. You guys have a great mix of kind of the you mentioned dance, Gavin dance like Joe. I don't know if it's you or the other guitarist or both, but you can definitely hear that kind of noodly proggy like. I don't like to use this word anymore, but like Swan Corey-esque like riffs at times in those songs, but then it goes kind of heavier and yet you can, you said you were in a pop punk band. You can kind of feel that like melody aspect to it. That's very singy songy at, at, at points. Um, and Sierra, your, you know, your vocals are very melodic over a lot of that stuff. Um, most of the time, which is a good mix of, of, uh, of everything. Um, but in that first in that first EP, when you guys put it out, was the reception good right off the bat, or did you kind of have to 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 grind it out a bit to kind of get um, to kind of get your feet wet, I guess, in the live music scene and all that? Or what what was the first start of the band like with live shows and the music scene and everything? Ah, oh, what would you say, Joe? I would say it was like a slow build. It was a very slow build. I mean, well, first of all, Years in Waiting is actually not our first EP. Um, as Sierra will mention in a sec, but um, Years of Waiting, actually, I believe I wrote two of the songs and Sierra wrote the other two. So that album, that EP is very much just like split down the middle. Like the first two songs were like mainly Sierra. The second two were like mainly me. Um, or maybe it's the first and third and second. And fourth. I don't remember. But anyway. Yeah, it was that. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe we should talk about... Um, the, the actual first EP first. Oh yeah. So like you said, uh, open letters, like one of those things just banging around <laughs> on the internet. Um, it's only on Bandcamp. What we did was we took two songs from it and we like redid them and threw them up on Spotify. So that would be like forget and dies. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, they're, they're old. They're so, old. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like that was the demo. I also call it like the the first like EP because um, it was like with sales ahead. So um, you know, four four songs that like I just you know whipped whipped up like of like what I thought I wanted us to sound like at the time, and like it's so crazy to like hear how far we've come. But yeah, so um, it's. Even though I was able to like write those, I'm like, you know, this isn't fun doing this by myself. Like I like being collaborative with folks. I like, you know, like working with other musicians, like blending different ideas. Um, you know, I, I don't think this whole solo thing would have been fun at all. And it's just like that how, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not a yeah, solo artists yeah. have it rough. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, when we were when we first started gigging, when I joined the band, I played uh, and like, and like, this is like the first iteration of the lineup, like the early lineup. I played one show. We played at uh, was that the Beach House or the Yacht Club or something? Uh, beach Clubhouse, Club yeah. Beach House, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what are those? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, we had friends in the music scene already. Our drummer uh, or our fill-in drummer at the time was in a very well-established deathcore band. And, um, you know, the, the other members, the other members at the time were also in established bands. So I feel like we kind of hit the ground running. We, we had like, like enough connections already to be able to start gigging right away. So we did that, uh, that show there. And then later on in 2015, we opened up for, uh, um, movements, uh, who are the other bands? That's right. We opened up for movements and they had just signed to Fearless Records. Movements, hotel books, and worthwhile. Yeah. But yeah. And so um when like, you know, I'm sure you know about all of these, like, I hate to use the term pay to play, but when you when you like reach out for like as as a local opener to open for a, a touring package, they expect you to sell tickets. And so we reached out to try and get on this worthwhile hotel book show. Um, I don't know how Sierra did that because that's pretty pretty uh, impressive for us to get on a big tour package like that early on. But yeah, we just like you know they're like yeah you can play this show if you sell X amount of tickets, and that's kind of how we kind of were able to do that. Uh, this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I wish I could name him, but I will. I will be a higher road guy, and I will not. But um, the only reason pay to play existed in our local scene was because of him, and um, he like did not like know who we were. So even though I was like, telling him like we love these bands, we will sell like we will do whatever you need. Like I, I just want to open for my favorite bands. He like all he almost ghosted us. And didn't put us on the gig. So I was annoying. That was how we got it. <laughs> I did not stop emailing. I was like, you like, please put us on the show. Like you said, we could have it. Like if we'd sell the things, we will do it. And we did it. And we actually, oh, that was a really good gig for us. Um, that was, yeah, just a great time. I would say, I think it went over well. So crazy. It was so long ago. Uh, <laughs> so that was a that was a fun show. That was a fun show. I'll never forget that movement. They remember they were handing out demos and like these cardboard sleeves. I tried to keep mine for like the longest time, but I don't know where mine went. Did you get one? I don't think I grabbed one. It would have been nice. Yeah, I know. We're at nice memento. You were on a movement's yeah. kick for like a long time. 
Yeah, and that I'm assuming that demo was like um, protection and the other really early movement song. So yeah, it just would have been because protection's a really good song. So I would have liked to have that. But yeah, I was on the when when they did um, outgrown things. That Where was like were my, we? My favorite EP uh, that came out. That what year. else? Play really early on. Um. We did a lot of pay-to-play bullshit. <laughs> I guess, like, would you... So my question for you is, like, do you regret that, like, we we did those shows, like, when we did... It was, remember how stressful it was, it was? Like, do you, like, do you wish you would have gone back and, like, maybe would have said, like, oh, like, maybe we just hit this one out or, like, maybe, like, we don't do this pay-to-play stuff? Or, like, are you glad that we did it, would you say? You know, it's funny. It never really crossed my mind because I guess I was so conditioned already that everything was pay to play because like my my band in high school, uh, like they they we had to sell tickets, even if it was like Dover Fire Hall, like or or Weartown Station right. 36. Like All of those venues were pay to play. Like you had to sell like at least 10 or 20 to even play. So like. And then, like, when I was in For a Lifetime, it was the same thing. So by the time I got to our band, I was just like, all right, I guess that's what it's like to be a small musician. So it's, yeah. it's really nice now. I feel like we have more leverage to be like, well, I don't want to have to sell tickets for this because, you know, like. Yeah. We put in the work early on for stuff like that. And now we're kind of like, I hate to use the term veteran, but like we've done this long enough that like, I don't really feel like we should have to sell tickets anymore. No, I know. Well, that's why I'm so glad Joe Polito is like at a house and like does not believe in that shit. We need like, like shout out Joe at House of Independence. Shout out Aftermath Collective. Like the problem was we didn't have people like Joe when we were starting out. We did not have people who believed that was wrong. We like, and when you're, we could have just played basements and, and VFWs, but then we were also risking being in front of like an audience that didn't care about us. Like I probably would have maybe taken less of those like ticketed, like pay to play shit like maybe i would have pushed less for like a couple of them but for the most part we played ones that we cared about you know and they like the idola one in brooklyn was really good for us opening for um fucking cnvar yeah yeah webster we played webster hall it's impossible to get in there now yeah Um, that was very lucky hard for us as a new jersey band to pull in Brooklyn, like yeah, it's 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 statistically not far, but you know how long it takes yeah. to get into the city, so it's like impossible to pull, you know, get people out there. Um, so I but, know um, it was it was worth it, I think so, because we and like back then, especially, we really cared about putting ourselves in in front of that DDD audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's why, yeah. Like we were trying to get the uh the, the CN bar. Um hey, wait, question. Did we open for Royal Coda? We did. We did. So yeah. We, we, would play, for- we played Blue Swan Bingo for years. Yes. yes. 
Sianvar, Royal Coda, um, um, Icarus the Owl. Icarus the Owl. Stolas. Yes. Yeah. Hell the Sun, Stolas. We opened for all those bands and we none did. Of know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Joe Arrington, who left that scene. He's, and he's gone. Yeah. And he's fucking our only friend. <laughs> yeah. What a shame. It's, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like going back to like years and waiting. Like, where was your headspace at? Like, like music wise during that time. Like, like what what bands were you jamming a lot? I kind of remember who I was jamming, but I don't. Like, like what what, what would you say was kind of like in your in your Q zone? I don't know <laughs> when you were like writing music for that album or like working on with stuff. Let me look at my old ass Spotify library. Oh my god, you have that saved? I don't. I wish I saved. I never. I just started saving influences and like inspirations, like now for like kind of this album, but also like the next one we're working on. Like mm-hmm. I finally started like pinpointing. Okay, this song makes me feel something. Like this vibe is sick. I'm saving it. So yeah, around 2015, I was. Uh, oh. Did we open for Macari? <laughs> we did too. We opened for Macari. Oh, Wolf and Bear. Wolf and Bear, yeah. So many. Right? But yeah. Wow. Elegies <laughs> um, came out around that time. Right. I, I would say I was like really influenced by Elegies, by Macari. Um, also, it, rest in peace, I the Mighty. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well. It needed to um, be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I will always love Kurt Travis. I was like super into Kurt Travis at the time, and also DGD, of course. Um, and then, like when Jamie joined the band, Jamie introduced me to Deftones. Really? Yeah. See, yeah. I just started finally getting into their stuff like last year, and I'm still not even—I wouldn't even say like fully familiar. I listened to uh, what's what's the horny one, or is that um, all of them? Or, uh, white pony, yeah, white pony, yeah. White pony, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite Deftones album is Around the Fur, but um, mm. Diamond Eyes was the one that Jamie Jamie's favorite, and that's the one that I heard first. So I guess where were you guys at when I when I jumped in? I guess I don't know. We were naming um, all of the Swancore bands that we opened for, and it turns out that we've opened for pretty much all of them. Um, so <laughs> a lot of those yeah. we have to sell tickets for. And it's kind of just the reality of being the local opener on a touring package. But, um, you know, thankfully we have, um, you know, some, some good friends who will come out to support us. and. Um, you know, we've been able to survive, um, you know, doing, doing that. But also, you know, um, our tours with Pulses have uh, been just like tr- a tremendous part of our growth within the last couple of years. And um, of course, our tour with Destination Dimension the year before that and Funeral Attire before that. So it's really just been like we've had we've been so lucky to have this support system of friends and bands who you know, maybe they saw potential in us and they wanted to help us out and help us grow. And that's kind of how we've been surviving this whole time. Um, well, and, uh, and, 
that's where that's what music scenes that's what you want to see in music scenes more than anything right like it's just it's just community because that's how bands yeah. can really grow you know like you talk like everyone you know I, I've, I've done a few episodes of this where you know everyone talks from everything from spotify numbers to trying to do videos that get picked up on tiktok i mean i, I don't have to talk about this to you guys you guys are an up-and-coming no, you know this good. shit right but like yeah you know at the end of the day if you don't have community of uh whether it's you know promoters booking agents or not booking agents even necessarily but you know what i mean like people at book shows um whether it's diy touring or or bands like pulses or whatever other bands that you've toured with that you know you become friends you become you know um kind of big members of a scene together like that's where you can actually see growth and actually feel a community right because like all that other stuff that you do to grow you know some people enjoy doing the social media stuff right some people really do enjoy that side of bands but like there's nothing better than making friends with another band that's trying to grind it out and you guys just like having a a mutual you know a mutually beneficial or 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 mutually like positive experience together right like that's where yes that's where music is still a beautiful thing despite all the social media bullshit or you know the fact that people's you know i i, I feel like i'm a broken record on this podcast where the people's attention spans feel like they're like that of a squirrel when it comes to music anymore or something like i like, know it's at, so true at the end of the day yeah. like what you were just referencing joe like that's what still makes music a positive experience for bands like yours where you're talented you're 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 up and coming and you're just trying to grind it out to get you know get out to new faces and and put, put on a good show right at the end of the day whether it's 2023 or back some of the bands that you guys are referencing in the early 2000s or whatever for for post hardcore like that's still what makes music interesting and fun and worthwhile right you know absolutely oh my god like i've been thinking about this a lot lately because we will occasionally like have musicians hit us up to do stuff or what have you you can tell when it's like they are doing it because they genuinely like you or they think it's something they have to do for an algorithm or like yeah. it's it, it, like there's ah like there's no chemistry you know what i mean like i we have like only toured with people we are genuinely friends with because I just, I don't know. I, we're not a full time touring band. I'm sure that you probably have to bite it and do some tours to grow when you don't really know anybody. But, um, I feel like people notice when the touring package doesn't have chemistry Mm -hmm. and it's very obvious. And like we, over the years have made it a point to like, um, not just build community like around our band and like with like fellow bands, but like build a community of like musicians, like people close to us who are like a solid support network and like are like genuinely like, like us as people. And like, we actually get along with them. Like that is the most important thing. Cause when you look back on all of this, like, you know, however many years from now, this is all like, you know, in the past and behind us, like you want to look back and remember, you know, that it was like a, a positive experience and not like, well, like I, we toured with this band cause they had X amount of monthly listeners, but we fucking hated each other. And it was a terrible time <laughs> or like, 
we did we did we did all these collabs just to try to rank better on the Spotify algorithm. We just hand fisted all these features and we don't like any of them. We just did it because that's what people say you gotta do. But mm-hmm. no, we wanna we wanna tour with who we like, we wanna work with who we like. And like for the most part, we have been lucky to do that with people who are genuinely our friends. Right. And and well, and and you know at the end of the, like if you if you do exactly what you just said if you're if you're like playing shows with a band or doing features with said band or you know everything you just listed if you're just doing that to do that you're not doing it because you enjoy and I I know there's a business side to music of course that you can't like yeah you can't yeah like, that's not what I'm saying but like if you if you end up just making music as you know like Joe's literally referenced that he's at his work right now right. <laughs> yeah. already work jobs like you don't want to make music just another job like you don't want to end up yeah. doing something where you fucking hate your you know your passion project as well as what you're i'm not saying that that's that you hate your job or anything but like but you know you know what i mean like you don't you don't want to like just make it another grind you know there exactly be a grind aspect to it but at the end of the day you still want it to feel fulfilling you know what i mean exactly yeah grind a positive grind a positive positive, yeah Yeah, that's that's right um so so kind of you know with with that and with with some of the touring stuff we we had referenced a little bit earlier before i had some technical difficulties um about the songwriting and sierra you referenced that that you uh that you and jill with that first ep and the demos and stuff that you wrote the music so you know obviously from from my end i've only seen like the videos and stuff of you guys of you being like the the um lead vocalist in the band and and everything else so so do you do some of the the kind of songwriting aspect with with guitar i see there's a guitar and piano and stuff in the background as well (laughs) do you uh do you do some of those things still in the band or did you do that in the past as as well um aside from also doing the the lyrics and the, the vocals yeah so um i i as far as instruments go i have like gladly taken a bit of a backseat because um joe has just so many good ideas um i will occasionally like throw in a couple songs um i would like to like i just need to play more guitar i just stopped practicing basically i still know how to play i just like don't pick it up as much as i should um in the beginning like that first ep open letters was all me and then um we did have and have on years and waiting on morning sun I just threw in one song, one song made it on the EP. Um, and now for this upcoming album, I did, I did a few, I think two and a, I, two are making it. And then like the, like one of the tracks I like helped write guitars for. Okay. So I'm helping like with the guitar process as much as I'm able to. So, but so, like if I, yeah. So it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, because every, every band's different. Some bands, you know, you, you talk to them and there's like literally one person that just like pumps out all the music and everybody else kind of does their little, their little take in the live, you know, in the studio recordings or something. But it sounds like, you know, uh, both of you and, and whoever else on the band, it's a, it's, it's a pretty collaborative effort with all the songs. And I'm guessing is that kind of how, how it goes? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, so in the past, it was more separated, like, I, I would write like entire songs by myself and present them to the band and like Sierra would kind of do the same. But as time's gone on, like I just find it harder to write complete songs on my own. So, so right now we're working on releasing a full length LP 
the LP, like Sierra said, she wrote, like, she fronted, like, two of the songs on that. Um, and the rest were fronted by me. But, and I, I use the term fronted because in the end, what we had to do to complete all of the songs is it was mostly me, Sierra, and our bassist, Jamie, getting together. We huddled in Sierra's office that she's in right now to finish these songs because there was always, like, one section missing or like the ending was needed to be fleshed out so like yeah it was like it's it's mostly like one person working on a song but like lately it beca- it's like you said it's become more and more collaborative to the point now where like two songs on the new lp are like entirely collaborative like every member wrote their own parts which is really cool oh that's cool that's cool because it's you know I, i'm guilty of this in the music projects i've done where like I don't know, you try to, you know, sometimes you try to do the collaborative thing and then you end up never getting songs done either, right? Like there's always mm. like that balance, right? Where like um, sometimes I think there's a reason some bands end up that way because it's just one person's got the drive, one person's kind of got the vision and everyone else is okay with it and that's fine too, right? But there's just something, you know, there's something great about collaboration. Like you said, there's a missing piece that so like maybe you could fill something in, but but when you can bring it to somebody else who has, sure you guys all listen to sim- somewhat similar music but like everyone has different tastes everybody has different strengths and all that and that's when you get the best product from a band so that's that's cool to hear that the, that the album is like overall pretty collaborative so yeah you told you told me before this that you guys were working on a full length um i heard that a yeah. little bit the grapevine too um i know it's not out yet but one was the was the latest single um Acerinex, is that on is that going to be on the 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 20 the the release of this record and is there anything you guys would want to talk about songwriting wise um lyric wise anything you can, i know it's not all out there yet right but but um is there anything you guys can kind of tell people uh, about what they can expect from this yeah sure so joe if i'll i can touch on the lyrics if you want to touch on like the music aspect yeah. Um, so real quick, Acid is not on the full length. Neither is Murder Mountain. Mm -hmm. They, maybe if the album was finished a little sooner, Murder would have made it. But at this point, it got to a point where we had so much new material. It was like, why would we include something we've already released? Um, like we just have so many great new songs. So, um, I guess Murder is kind of i don't know if it's part of the era even so to speak like i think it's kind of like its own thing like 2020 to 2022 was mm-hmm. like fear loathing murder um acid redux so uh it will none of those will be on the album all new stuff um lyrically uh i try to challenge myself on this record i tried not to fall into like old tropes of mine um it, I, I have anxiety. It's unfortunately going to be hard to not write about that. But I also I wrote about like trauma from my childhood. I wrote about um, I wrote about like like I wrote like a letter to like myself when I was younger. Like these are not things I would normally do. Like I kind of tried to step out of like my comfort zone on this one and. Um, I also like as a nod to like what I've learned from being friends with like Kevin from Pulses, trying to pull in references that like might not like 
like kind of like like not even pop culture really like i was like i like i wrote about like this line i wrote this line where like i dropped the name of some medication I t- oh epipen i made an epipen reference so awesome. but like yeah so when you hear it you'll hear it but like i challenge myself to like um use different prose and like uh write lyrics differently than i normally would like use like lean harder into metaphors um like slant rhymes as much as possible so i can like get creative and like say what i need to say um yeah there's definitely like a mix of like like things i would typically do and things i have not done in was tells ahead records also a lot of repetition a lot of catchy stuff i really tried to write mad hooks on this record so oh, yeah. hopefully hopefully it goes over well <laughs> we'll see well that's that's really cool especially the lyrical content like i i empathize you know um i think well i think a lot of people do it's cool that you want to willing to write about those things you know i i i had seen from from stuff you know written on your guys's website and just kind of looking through some of the lyrics of the other songs that it, you know anxiety and mental health and things were, were clearly a, a focus for you in a lot of songs um but you know t- talking about you know more details and different aspects of that like one i know it's a tough thing to write about like I, I i've i've touched on those things and past things that i've done myself and like it's cathartic but it can also be tough you know and to take For that sure. and also try to make it like you said you write about these super tough things and yet you're still making hooks out of it you're still making like oh yeah you know, i'm gonna be like, bopping on stage yeah, singing about yeah there's still a huge release there so that's cool that you're so introspective with all that um thanks Joe, uh, can you can you kind of talk or speak to a little bit of the 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 instrumental side and the the music side? What people can expect from from the new record? Yeah, totally. So it's it took us a while to write the album. Some of these songs have been written since as early as twenty seventeen. So I like to think of the LP as a snapshot of this in, instrumentally a snapshot uh, between like 2017 and like 2018 of all of these bands that I was discovering. I was, I'm pulling influence from all of these bands. And it's, it's really because I come from like a, a different musical background. Like I didn't actually grow up on post-hardcore. I grew up on progressive rock. So around this time, I was discovering bands like Closure in Moscow, uh, the Mars Volta, um, and and uh, Chan and uh, oh, yeah. a Japanese math rock band called Trico, um, and and uh, I got, I could go on. I could I could keep listening. So it's it's a culmination of all these influences that of of bands that I discovered around that era. So you're gonna hear a lot of different styles on the on the album um and you know even what if whatever we release after that is going to be another snapshot of the bands that i discovered from 2019 to the present day it's just like it you know because it takes so long to get music out Uh, maybe we suck at it maybe we're just slow but so yeah like you can definitely expect a lot of that uh like earlier post-hardcore influence on the album as well as 
um, you know, some of the modern stuff, like you said, like the Swan Court type stuff that was coming around um, around that time. Um, Wolf and Bear and, and uh, a lot like Birds and stuff like that. So um, a, a pre- I, hopefully a nice variety on the album and like not not every song sounds like the same or at least very similar. Like I kind of pride myself on having like pretty different stylistic uh, songs like every song is different stylistically. I I hope so. Well, I know I. Sorry, go ahead. So I was gonna say though to echo like Joe's sentiment or like to to back that claim, I wholly believe every single track sounds different from one another on the record. There's a curveball no one is expecting. Uh, at least one curveball. So. Oh yeah. I I believe I believe uh, I, I believe. That, I love that little teaser there. Keep the people wanting, right? Um, uh, yeah. But uh, that's cool to hear. Well, one like to hear someone referencing like post-hardcore, like you said, a lot like birds, and then say Mars Volta and Shot and things like that. Like that's just like hell yeah. That's gonna be awesome. Um, a, a mix Thanks. of that and and you know, you guys have done EPs, you guys have done singles and stuff. But when you get to an album, I think what's the cool thing about a full length is. Like you said, Sierra, you can throw in a curveball, right? Like, not that you can't in a, an EP, but when you're trying to do, I think a lot of times when a band's trying to do anywhere from like four to seven songs or whatever else on an EP, you're just trying to, um, I shouldn't say just, but you're trying to put together like as much energy as you can in like a 20 minute stint a lot of times. Like, occasionally people yeah. will throw in like a, a softer, a softer deal or something kind of out of left field or something, but. When you've got an album, you just got like so much more room to breathe lyrically, uh, melodically, and, and instrumentally for sure. So um, that's 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 just where you get to you throw in every little influence you, you can get, right? So that's really cool. I'm stoked to hear that. Um, Thank do you. you. Do you guys have? Uh, and I apologize if you said this on your social media. I was checking through, but do you guys have like a ballpark of when of when that's that's coming out? Matt, I talked to Matt a while ago, and he had told me. 2023 and i saw that you guys had talked about that a little bit but you speak to when ish that's going to be announced so i'm scared to say but we are aiming to submit this for mixing at the end of march um we're doing vocals right now i'm tracking all my parts for everything I saw your uh, um, I saw your Twitter post about eating French fries right before you uh, <laughs> were, were recording or something. <laughs> Never again! Never! Again. I've, I've been singing my entire life. That is the biggest no no. And I was like, I can have myself to a little snack. They were, so good. They, were, like, they were insanely good fries. They were so good, dusted in feta cheese seasoning. <laughs> but I, I love yeah. thick French fries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, worth it. But um, so. The goal is to have it finished and send it off for mixing end of March. I'm doing my vocals, but we still need to reamp guitars and we need to add production. Um, we, I, the thing is, like, once we send it out, it's, you know, it's kind of out of our hands, right? So it goes off to a mixing engineer and they take however long they mm-hmm. take to mix and master everything. I'm hoping that we get it back in June, around June. In that meantime, we'll work on the music video stuff, shoot promos, like film content, um, prepare all the materials we need, print merch, so that when we get those mixes back, we just hit the ground running, we schedule it, and like start setting everything up. Um, I think if we are lucky, if we are lucky, August for a release, um, 
maybe September. Uh, yeah. We wanted to, in a perfect world, we would have had it out in time for their, our tour with Pulses, the next tour with Pulses, but at most we might have like a single on the horizon. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just, we're just going to like take each day as it comes and not, you know, of course, you know, rush it, you know? So that's oh, what we're hopeful timelines sorry joe what was you gonna say no i'm sorry i was gonna sorry. say that's much more detailed than of an answer that i was expecting i was expecting this year it's coming out of this year <laughs> i've been thinking about it a lot i mean i get like i get it thanks for thanks for giving it and, and again obviously <laughs> if anybody hears this you know um in a couple of months when you guys are doing more pro you know promo stuff and maybe you know extra people see the see the podcast or whatever no one's gonna hold you to that if it's at a different time right like that's not like a hard exactly number, right but i, I, I know I, yeah I, I get it like i get it at the same time you talk about some of these songs were written you know years ago like who doesn't who doesn't i i can only imagine chomping at the bit to just want to get it out there right and then there's no sure. worse than having to, to have these songs you're getting everything done and then you're like all right let's give this to somebody and wait a couple months right like that's just but that's just how it right. goes you know um yeah but that's that's great. I'll be I'll be excited to hear that, and I'll be excited to see what what comes up with all that. You uh, uh, so so to go back before you know you, you talked Sierra, you talked a little bit about the start of the band, but I'd like to talk a little bit. I like to do this with with people when we have the time. Um, talk to each one of you a bit about what got you doing or got got you interested in music. Maybe get what got you interested in alternative music. Uh, you know initially you know for a lot of us it could be anything from you know a band like lincoln park back in the day when rock music was actually like on tv or something to uh yeah right to, like, <laughs> uh, to you know like some you know a friend in high school or something handing you a, a, an album that has a breakdown on it for the first time or, or, or whatever mm -hmm. else um so i guess we could start with uh i'll start with with joe since you're you know you're uh you're clearly an accomplished guitar player um i love your riffs and everything that i wish i could play that well myself um what uh what got you started and interested in music when did you start writing your own music and kind of speak to what got you started as as kind of being a musician and and, and writing songs and things of that nature oh geez okay i'm not gonna go too in depth but basically my first three favorite bands went in order of First favorite band, ACDC. Hell yeah. After that, after that, it was Black Sabbath. And then from there, it became Rush. Mm. And I, I think discovering Rush was such an impactful thing in my tra trajectory to today. Because, you know, progressive music pushes the boundaries of the genre. And I always gravitated towards bands that would push the boundaries of any genre that they're in. So discovering Rush at a young age and basically learning every single Rush song on guitar from their first album to like uh, Signals, their like 1982 album, every single song I learned how to play at some point. And so, and so from there, well, where do you go from there? Obviously Dream Theater. <laughs> so that was like the stepping stone into heavy music. It's like, oh, wow, you can actually take metal and make it progressive as well. And so um, like, and, and like the first band I ever saw live was Opeth. So, you know, I was like 13. My dad drags me to an Opeth concert for my birthday. 
this dude's just doing like death metal growls and he's shredding the guitar at the same time. So it was just like, wow, I want to be like that too. So, you know, and then, like I, I said a second ago, discovering metal, I ended up joining a metalcore band when I was in high school. And so like all of these guys want to play like, uh, like, I guess like a Treyu and like, um, uh, oh geez, I'm blanking on all of those bands because I always hated them. But like, <laughs> a day to remember. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not really metalcore, but it was like really like a day to remember core. So, um, you know that, and then just going from there, uh, eventually, uh, you know, someone introduced me to um, post hardcore, and so, but like this whole time, I was writing stuff that I didn't really even know what it was supposed to be. And like looking back on it um, now, of the stuff that I was writing, like um, like bef- when I was in that band in high school, it was it was starting to become post hardcore. I didn't even I didn't even know any of those bands at the time, but like I'm putting like major seven chords into metalcore, and like like all of these guys just want to play power chords. So you know, I was I was even then trying, trying to push it further and further. So, um, yeah. And then, so come, you know, I, I'm move out of my high school, uh, town, my hometown and like join that pop punk band that I mentioned earlier. Now, the only reason I joined this band, cause I actually don't like pop punk is because they had touring experience and they had just gotten off a big tour. And I was like, I want to tour. So, I joined this band and of course, right away, I'm like, uh, I could write songs with you guys and immediately tried to like get involved with songwriting there. But then like, you know, when it comes to a genre like pop punk, you can't really push that genre. There's really nowhere you can take it with, with it still being true to the sound. So, you know, then I, you know, the whole, whole, like picked up the, the demo CD of with sales ahead at a show. And, you know, here we are, but, uh, definitely like songwriting it's, it's, it was, it was rush and like prog bands from the seventies that like my dad introduced me to. And, right. you know, like I, my dad took me to an Opeth concert. He took me to a dream theater concert. So like, thank you dad for like introducing yes. me to yes. awesome yes. bands and setting me on my way. So, yeah, that's awesome. You say like, and it's you know you guys you you reference prog rock prog metal a lot. You can definitely hear that in in your your songwriting for sure, right? Like you, you talk about joining a metalcore band, or a, I like that you said data remember core. That was good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's like your guys' music. You can hear a lot of those kind of di- you know you hear those dissonant chords or those kind of like quick, um, very uh, what am I looking for technical you know fills in between things and things like that and like that's all that's all, that that can you can hear like john petrucci or rush or whatever else on on those kinds of things and yet it's not like it just sounds like those things it clearly sounds like the kind of sound you're doing but that makes a lot of sense with your kind of music that you you have a, a lot of prog influence that's cool thanks yeah, yeah. i'm i prefer oh, yeah. i like i not like at this point, I don't really like to consider like us like a swan core band, right? Because like I'm kind of like that that genre 
it's not even a genre really it's just like a style Mm -hmm. and so like i like to think of it more as progressive post-hardcore like what it really is and not so much not so much that sound but taking that like early 2000s post-hardcore and pushing the limits of those of that style so um yeah like noodly stuff i don't really consider that like coming from a swan chord type background but more of like a progressive metal kind of background yeah and that that that, that again not to say the same thing over and over again on my end but like that does make a lot of sense like i don't know i i think um one yeah the swan chord thing i never really got like i think that's just something that got marketed a while back that the people jumped on and i also don't think you guys really sound like those bands that get lumped in that too much anyway other than maybe people thinking mm. you guys do post hardcore but you're not just like playing breakdowns or something you know you're doing something a little more intricate and so therefore that means it's it's that style or something i don't know genres are nothing right but but um <laughs> but, uh, but that's that's yeah that's that's cool and and, and you know like, like i said i talked to i talked to matt from pulses not that long ago he said the exact he said the exact same kind of stuff when we were talking about their band like you know it's like we don't we don't sit here and we don't listen to like and i'm not hanging on these bands these bands are great but like he's like we don't write these parts that people think are like hail the sun ish parts because we're sitting there listening to hail the sun like we were listening to funk music when we wrote that you know or we were listening to like 90s rap when we wrote this beat or that part or something and like yeah Mm -hmm. no one like no one is like in an echo chamber of their own sort of like niche i don't you know i'm not saying you guys are you know what i mean like like no, no, no I totally know no what you're saying. Yeah. And, like just listens to music that sounds somewhat like their music all the time because then you would just be like a bad carbon copy of other music that's in that same vein, you know. So that 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 makes a lot right. of sense. That's cool. Um, Sierra, do you wanna do you wanna kind of tell? I mean, you you said kind of from the start, you know, in like 2014 or so that you were working on those those demos. What kind of got you? to that point with music what got you started writing music and got you interested in alternative music and all that kind of stuff for sure um i've been playing music since i was little like the second i like i saw like some woman playing violin on tv and i was like mom i want to play music i was also singing around that time like i've just been doing it forever um like grew up listening to like singer songwriter shit and like pop rock michelle branch vanessa carlton Avril Lavigne <laughs> um but it, but it wasn't until high school um that I started to branch out into alternative stuff um junior year of high school 2008 or 2009 uh some kid some boy my friends and I were hanging out with him and his friends told them that I liked like alternative music I was getting into it and he was like you should check out this band Versa Emerge um and it was like, interesting. Okay. So at that point I was dabbling in Circa. I was starting to fall in love with Circa Survive. And then here comes Versa Emerge. It's, you know, this amazing woman also named Sierra, uh, same spelling and everything, a powerhouse vocalist singing over like post-hardcore music. It was heavy as shit. It was like that. some of the heaviest shit I had ever heard at that point. And I was in love. And I was like, oh my God, like I did not know alternative music could be like this. I didn't know you could just like, sing over this stuff like i thought you there was some screaming but not a lot so i was like oh my god this like that was like a formative moment for me um so yeah hearing that band and then like i eventually started like playing in bands after high school 
Um, or no, in high, I played in a band in high school. But it was like some Jack's Mannequin piano driven shit. Um, then I was introduced to uh, Lower Definition uh, when I started playing out like actual shows with my former band, which was like a a, a pseudo metalcore band. They just in Joe and I's hometown area. They just like popping up that's all everyone wanted to do metalcore Mm -hmm. like 2010 rice core metalcore um with a sprinkle of christian core um of course (laughs) (laughs) so uh so here comes this guy who's like listen to this band lower definition something different and my god i was like instantly obsessed so like like vocals like i'd never heard before which i'd got like go on to learn like you know, very like glass jaw influence, like Gatsby's American Dream, like Matt Geisy's just amazing. Um, and the music was like very like rhythmic and hard hitting, but like super syncopated. The melody I like it wasn't just like speed tapping guitar riffs. They were very like look le- like legato and melodic, and they had intention and. Oh, I love that lower definition so much. Um, so yeah, so from that point on, I was like, okay, I also want to do this. So that was what spawned Sales Ahead. I also, I love Counterparts, one of my favorite bands. I also think they're very good at balancing like metal core ideas with actual good melodic ideas and like very poignant lyrics. So um, that's another like big musical influence for me. But um, then... I just like my old band fell apart, my metalcore band. I like did not sing or do anything for like years. And I just like was like, fuck this. Like I miss it. And like this is kind of what I was meant to do. Why would I stop? So that was when I like got the demos together. I just like wrote some songs. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I slept some shit together. And now here we are. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, it's one. Uh... What, it's it's interesting, like you referenced a couple of those bands, lower definition or counterparts or some of those different ones. Like it is something that, like I know people hate on and I do a lot too, even though I listen to some of the music sometimes. People will hate on the overall like genre of metalcore, but it's just like anything else, it's just what you do with it, right? Like Right, about, exactly. Counterparts as opposed to, and I'm not going to shit on a band, but like as opposed to like a quintessential, you said a rise core is per- perfect example of the 2010s or late 2000s. Like that, there was a lot of potential. There were some good bands there, but there's a lot of potential to take a sound like that because there's like the aggression and there's still, you know, the soaring vocals and choruses or whatever else. There's a way to yeah. take that stuff and make it original and make it sound fantastic. Um, it's just at a certain point, probably, I, I'm assuming you said 2008, 2009 in high school. I'm assuming we're around ish the same age that, like, in that time, it was just saturated with a lot of stuff that was like, You'd have to look up if if like a playlist switched to a different band sometimes because it was all like breakdowns yeah. and then and then maybe some like synth or something going on and then like uh, you know like a pop punk chorus almost or something. But um, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you hear a lot of what both of you are talking about in your music a lot, and and um, as I've said, it's very original. Um, you know, even talking about the breakdowns or something like that, or if you you know like kind of like the heavier parts of your songs, they're not just like open note zeros right like going over some some china symbol uh you know like double beat or something um yeah which which i think keeps things interesting and just opens up you know um joe you you referenced like 
progressive. And I think saying pushing the genre is like a perfect way to put it where I think the word progressive in any music um, just means that you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. Right. Like, the, you know, right. It's, it's, exactly. It's really pushing your, you know, it's really looking at like, this is, you know, there, there is no box to this. Like, we're, yeah, we're a post hardcore band, but if we wanted to, you know, if you wanted to throw in like a rush esque interlude, you could, and it would fit because that's just kind of the music you guys have curated, which is, which is a great thing. Um, so uh, thanks for talking about kind of what got you guys started with the music. We've talked about the, the upcoming full length. Um, we've talked a little bit about the recent singles you guys have done um, in Fear and Loathing, Murder Mountain, and Acid Redux. Um, you mentioned a, a tour that you guys are doing with Pulses. Is that the next kind of big um, live run you guys are doing? Or what's, what's it kind of looking like for the, for, the, um, for the touring or like live show kind of aspect for you guys? Um, so I'll, I'll lead that for now. Uh, we actually, we need to get on a call with them <laughs> as of the time of this recording. We've been, we've been meeting to talk to them because like, uh, we have like a tour like series we call like wooden, woodland creatures. So like it came from like our first run and we just always kept it because like we have a discord server called creature posting it's kind of just like the community that we have now so we've always kept the name um yeah and so the third one willing creatures three will be this year we don't know where exactly yet i think like the problem is the problem is touring keeps getting more and more expensive we keep saying like we're gonna go here, we're gonna go there, like next year, next year. But like, it's so expensive to do. It's so like, I mean, we're all going through like incredibly impossible shit right now. Like, we're all going through. We're all being like inf- affected by inflation. It's shitty. So you know, imagine being like musicians who are like you know, we're a couple bands who are doing this shit ourselves. We are raising all the money ourselves with our jobs or whatever scrap funds we make from Spotify and merch sales and like trying to figure out the routing or what we can do based on that. Um, I think the, the hope and the vibe that I'm getting is this summer that we'll be going back out. Um, would love to do something longer because last year we only did a week. Um, and that's that was actually my fault because like I thought I was still gonna be stuck at my stupid crummy old job, and I was so like um, cagey about taking time off that I told like the girl booking our shows that like I could only I told everyone I could only do a week, so it turned out I could have done more, but because I left. But um, just how it goes, you know? Yeah, right. Just that's just that's just how it goes, right? <laughs> Go figure. But. Um, the hope is to go out a little longer this year. I don't know where. I can't confirm right. that. No, I get it. But I get it. What I will say is that uh, we definitely want to hit Chicago at some point like to hear that. this year. Because <laughs> um, we've never, all of us have never played there. Um, but that's something we can do in a weekender. So even if we don't hit it on this longer run, we ourselves and pulses want to play together multiple times we want to hit a lot of spots together um whether it's like on that long run or weekenders we'll figure it out so that's what we're looking at for right now our hope is to go more places since we're dropping an album but 
it's just kind of where the chips you know? fall, right? It's kind of tough to figure those things exactly. out before you, the, the, before you see the kind of reaction and, you know, what whatever, you know, whatever other bands might kind of hear it and want to do what makes sense to tour with them or play with them or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah, up in the air right before a, a record release year for sure. What you talk about, yeah. man, like God. I, uh, I, I really, I really feel for, for bands and your guys in a situation where you're, you know, a hardworking band, you've got this full length coming out and everything. And then like with, with the way things fucking cost anymore to, to tour, it is, it is outrageous to try to do it like in a smart way. You know what I mean? It's like, if you, you know, they don't exactly up the, uh, the guarantees or something in some places the way they should, or like, there's not like a big, uh, there's not always the biggest support system on like the industry side of things for up and coming bands. It feels like, so it's gotta be, it's good that you've got like a positive attitude for it and you guys are hoping for it to go well, but I totally get like the struggle of just needing to be smart about it as opposed to just trying to go out as often as you can, as much as you can. Cause that's not always like, that's not always the correct call, right? Like just with how things are, yeah. now, you know, I get it. We all have jobs. Mm-hmm. Like Joe and Jamie are teachers. Santino yeah, is a I, 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 yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Oh, well. word, yeah. 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 Um, what do you, what nice. do you teach, Joe? Uh, uh, I should preface. Um, we're guitar teachers, so okay, I teach so. guitar. Yeah, guitar, <laughs> bass, drums, um, and I direct a couple student rock bands. That is awesome. That is so cool. What a cool. So thing sick. To do. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Jack Black at a school of rap, a boy professional. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's great. I get to make them play emo music too. It's it's incredible. Indoctrinating the children <laughs> for the next generation. I yes. Love to see it. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, thanks for talking with me, guys, again, and also I appreciate um, I really appreciate you putting up with the kind of de- technical difficulties we had earlier. I, I no worries. I, before we started recording, before you came on, Joe, I, I you know what? This is my fault because I was literally talking to Sierra right before we did this about how the previous one that I was trying to do earlier, some people had some like terrible connections, and it was often I was like, I've got such a good connection. It's no, it's great. I'm glad you guys have like a good setup. We got some good internet, and then that's what I get for talking, right? But um, before, no, uh, before I kind of let you go, and again, thanks for taking the extra time with me. I, I haven't done this yet with anybody else on here, but I have been paying attention to, to some music podcasts where they kind of do a little bit of kind of fun stuff at the end to, uh, to kind of get things rolling. And I thought it would be cool to see, and we could do it separately for each one of you, um, kind of a hypothetical on... Um, on two things one you can either or here i could i could i could see we, we could see if you guys each want to do one or if you guys each want to do both but i was wondering say you're in a hypothetical where you're not in this band and you could pick anyone any musician from any band living dead whatever you know you reference rush you also reference lower definition whatever else if you could put together like a dream um like a dream uh band if if you guys could kind of think of that and see like if there's a few people like you referenced um you referenced like you know John Petrucci or something like that or whatever else um you guys could think of like if you weren't in this band and you could put anybody in the band that you wanted to um who would you who would you be in a band with any anyone on the planet for any for any music or for any band living or dead what would you do Joe do you have one or do you need time um i know I'm okay it's fine i'm sorry i thought it'd be a cool thing to try you know 
I'm gonna do this on the spot. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't want to prep it. So I gotta I check something. I didn't want to give you guys too much time to prep. You know, I wanted to kind of yeah. get it off the cuff. Yeah. So it would be like me on guitar, um, Kurt Travis on vocals. Um, uh, let's put. Um, let's put. Um, Jordan Ebernhardt, uh, he, he's in the contortionist on bass. Um, and then on drums, we'd have Joe Arrington. And then I need one more guitar player. Um, um, You're in the Prague, you know, you could have like three guitar players and a keyboard player, you know, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, probably like um, on. Oh, yeah, keyboard as well. Uh, second guitar is gonna be. Fuck it, Paul Gilbert. Hell yeah! Paul Gilbert. <laughs> I love it. Read all he wants. I I won't stop him. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's a perfect line. What if you if you I mean you don't want to throw things into a you know into a box, but what kind of music do you think that would be? Would that be more like Rush esque? With Kurt Travis on vocals, or what are you thinking there? No, no, no. It would be very experimental. And you know what? We need we need a keys. We need someone on keys. So I'm thinking, um, uh, who the fuck even plays keys in bands? I feel like I no, know, right? Like it's so niche um, now, right? Like a lot of people backtrack it, right? <laughs> so right. <laughs> All right, you know, let's let's make it. Let's prog it up. Let's take uh, Derek Sherinian, formerly of Dream Theater, back in like the early '90s. Put him on keys, and we're just gonna be incredibly experimental, just like free jazz, like like fuck it, like balls to the wall, whatever. Amazing, you know? Amazing, yeah, that's awesome. That's a great lineup right there. Hell yeah. Cool. All right, Sierra, you got you got your you got your your few seconds there to kind of think. Of yeah, it. I'm still not solid on the drummer, but like two members I would definitely want are Eddie Marshburn from Lower Definition. He's like the guitarist. There's two guitarists, but like he's like the mm -hmm. songwriter for the band. So him, uh, Ikumi Nakajima from Trico. She's the vocalist and guitarist. Uh, would love her, like. Like them, I don't know how it would work, but like it would work somehow. Do, writing like, yeah, guitars together, vocals, you could do yeah. like harmonies, or you could do whatever else, right? That would be great. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nolly from Periphery, as the bassist, mm -hmm. and, and for drums, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, right. And then I guess, oh shit, I just slapped my tattoo by accident. Damn it. Um, I got I got a new one yesterday, nice. and I like. It is so hard not bumping it into shit. <laughs> um, and then for drummer, like I, I bet you I will think of another drummer after this call. Like suddenly I will think of five drummers. Oh, yeah. But that's how it goes. Um, uh, Kyle Brownlee from Counterparts as the drummer. Fantastic drummer. Yeah, that's a great pick. He, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. And um, I mean that, that kind of fits more into the realm of like the alternative scene. But you think you'd do a similar style a bit to. Uh, to a sales ahead or would you would you do uh what kind of style are you thinking for that again you can't pigeonhole it i know but what do you think i know right like i guess it'd be like generally like mathy post-hardcore yeah, yeah. like i i i like do not all of those 
uh, musicians by themselves are great. I don't know what the fuck would happen if you got them in a room <laughs> together. Thing, yeah. That's the thing that you guys named off pretty uh, eclectic things. Like, I, I asked that yeah. question, like, how the hell would you know until you're in the room, right? <laughs> but Exactly. So I guess vaguely mathy stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I yeah. Get it. Awesome. <laughs> I, I love those answers. Um, and then one last thing Thank before you. I have you guys kind of plug uh, where people can find you, where people can look for your music and, and your future shows and all that. Um, it's kind of more of a realistic one, but, uh, you know, we were just talking about shows and touring and stuff. What are, it could be, you know, you could do it on like a realistic level of some bands that you think are like, you know, ones that would make sense for you to, to, you know, open up for on a tour or a weekender or something, or you could really, you know, you could really reach for the stars on it, but what's, uh, what's a band or, you know, two bands for a tour or something that you guys could, you could, you would really like to play with that, that would either be cool for you, you know, in a nostalgia way or that you think would make sense. You know, I, you guys could kind of talk mm-hmm. about it together. Or give me two separate answers, I guess, you know, let's do separate. Cause okay. Joe, I want to know what your two are. Oh, easy. Trico and Chan. <sighs> yeah. I was yes! gonna say, you referenced those earlier. That makes sense. That would work too. I think that would totally work. Yeah. It easiest. makes me so sad. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Joe, what were you saying? Sorry. No, no. Easiest choice of my life. Like, <laughs> I didn't have to think about it. The other one was a struggle. This one was just like easy as can be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, lower definition in Circus Survive, or maybe like I don't know about together, uh, but definitely like both those bands. Mm-hmm. Like we, like and we have, we can't, we can't stop being a band before we open for lower definition. Like that has to be like a full circle thing that happens, but. Um, as far as like a tour package, that would be like the dream. The dream. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. you pick, you pick two other ones that make, make a lot of sense. Like you guys would totally work with that. So that's really cool. All right. Well, thanks for doing that. Um, with me, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of end on something a little silly, but, um, for sure. so before we, uh, before we go, can you kind of plug, and I'll do this in the intro too, but, um, can you just kind of plug where people can find you guys, whether you want them to find you kind of on individual socials or your band or, or anything else um i know you guys have your website and everything else so just um kind of plug where people can uh find your music and find updates for, for you guys yeah sure so um we're on all major streaming platforms uh with sales ahead um what's it called uh oh my gosh i used to be I used to be quick with this uh Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, um TikTok will be revived from the dead soon when we start to finally ramp up like right. promotion stuff for the album um and uh we also stream on twitch um i'll let joe plug his but i stream as sierra plus ultra um so we all have like twitch channels where you can come and interact with us on a more regular basis cool. as well um no shows yet please follow the socials so that when we do have them you will be the first to know. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have a website with salesahead.com. If you forget where to find us on anything else, it's the easiest place to find us. Um, and yeah, I also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Joe underscore NPC. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much the only social media I use. I think it's Joe underscore NPC and the number one after that. And um, yeah, so. Give us a follow, check us out, check us out, stream us on Spotify, whatever you got to do. We appreciate anyone who checks us out. 
Um, and we hope to see you in the future. One more thing. We also have a Discord server with pulses called Creature Posting. You can find the links on ours and Pulse's social media, like in our Instagram or Twitter bios. Um, please join us. It's a really fun uh, group. And it's also a really neat way to like stay in touch with all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll also uh, I'll also put all these things as links in the notes for for this when it when it goes up. Um, and then one last final thing, you guys obviously don't have a song from the new album to put at the end of this, but I always put um, I always put a a song at the very end from from each band just so people can check it out before they kind of even leave the the podcast. So, um, what song do you, would you want to do the most recent uh, single, or what song would you guys want kind of at the end of this for people to kind of uh, uh, to kind of hear at the end? Joe, do you want to pick? Um, yeah, I guess our our top single is Murder Mountain, so we should probably put that right. Yeah, let's do that. The kids, the kids like okay. Murder Mountain. Yeah, we'll do that one. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So again, this is. Um, Sierra and Joe from With Sales Ahead will play Murder Mountain at the end of this uh, for the Power of This podcast. Again, thanks a lot for doing this with me, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. This ruled.